0: Welcome to day 13 of the Australian Open on No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by Courtney Nguyen. Courtney, the women's side of things is over. And the Australian Open champion is Angelique Kerber?
1: Angelique Kerber. Um, ja. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Deutschland über alles. Ja, yeah, it's good. As, es ist gut? Yeah. Yeah. As good. Yeah. So how did this happen? How did it happen? Um, it was a confluence of factors. Big I word, think, not a German word. Nine. See, it got me in German mode because I've been like sitting in German press all day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, a combination of factors. I mean, obviously, Serena Williams did not play her best tennis, so not at the level that, she had been playing throughout this tournament, so obviously that created some openings for Angelique Kerber, but sure. to Kerber's credit, 100%, she seized her moment. She stepped up and played some of her most resilient tennis because even for me as somebody who's obviously seen Kerber play a lot I didn't think she played like a great match like this wasn't like it wasn't peak, peak Kerber. Kerber exactly no. like there was like spots of it you know like a point yeah. here a point there but it wasn't peak Kerber I think that like I mean I would go back to like you know the US Open against Vika. even this or... Azarenka
0: match here
1: yeah. was better I think she played better against Azarenka I than she did against Serena yeah so so I didn't think that Kerber played out of her socks so I don't think that that's the right narrative either but I think that Serena gave her opportunities I think Kerber was resilient. She was solid. She had a great game plan. Big ups to Torben Belts for kind of um, um, uh, having the right game plan, which was not coming out as aggressive as she did against uh, Azarenka, and actually playing a little bit more defensive. And yeah, when 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 it mattered in those pressure moments, she stepped up.
0: She was better. I mean, let's early. Let's go through the match a bit chronologically. First set, Serena holds at love, and then Serena. Did not play very well the rest of the first set, really. Uh, Kerber got up 3-1. Serena was spraying the ball everywhere. Serena was going to net a lot with very limited success during this match. I mean, she, I think the final count was she went to net 32 times and only won 15. That's Which might not horrible. seem that bad on paper, winning almost 50%, but that's real bad. That's real because bad. when you go to net, you—you you, especially with Serena, it's because you are ahead in the point. And so these were that many points where she was ahead in the rally, got to net, and then somehow lost it from behind.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think, head. yeah, it, it's kind of a similar situation if you think about the Kerber. I mean, I think that a lot of times Serena was crashing the net as opposed to constructing a point within which she was going to be dominant at the net.
0: She's not a player you can do that against Kerber.
1: Yeah, well, and the, the thing, too, is I think that Kerber really stuck a few really fantastic passing shots early Early in the first set, and it's kind of like with Serena with like returns. Like with Serena, starts smacking him early. Like it gets in your head, and you start double faulting. You start spinning balls in. It everything gets out of control in your service games. And I feel like with in this situation, Kerber stuck some really great passing shots against Serena, and then she kind of started coming to the net, but there wasn't the same confidence and conviction that she was going right. to win that point. And um, and then as the, net, the the match kept going on, as you said, Ben. She kept coming in, and it was ill-advised. It, it was, was ill-advised. it was a tactic that I don't really understand why you need to do that against Angie Kerber. Not
0: at all. And it's one of those things where Serena does not need to come to net. Serena has won 21 Grand Slams playing a style of tennis that did not involve copious net charges. And I understand the desire to improve and to keep improving and keep learning about the game. But when the chips are down in a Grand Slam final and something that's a new sort of I don't want to say gimmick, but a new ploy of yours or a newer ploy of yours isn't working and you, you what your base game is is so good, why keep doing it? Why not? The, the lack of adjustment there, I think Serena will rue.
1: Well, yeah, and I think that that's a really good contrast, actually, to Kerber because I think that, that Serena had her game plan. She had, in her mind, what she wanted to do tonight. And even when it wasn't working, she refused to push away from it and to pivot. And with um, Kerber... She was so clear in what she wanted to do today. Because even, you know, like, you know, uh, the key game was the sixth game in, in the third set. Serena serving down 2-3. She has two game points. Kerber goes for drop shots. She hasn't hit a drop shot the entire match. Yeah. Okay. Game point. Serena holds. It would have been 3-3. Three, three. Kerber saves both game points with these clean drop Amazing shot winners. Amazing drop shots. So good. I mean, yeah. feathered over the net. She didn't even know if they were going to go over. But I li- I loved what she said about it when I asked her, which was that... You know, I knew that I had to change something up. This was a long, protracted game. It was a game that lasted over 10 minutes, multiple deuces. Um, and she knew that, like, they were just bashing each other from the baseline. So she was like, I need to hit the drop shot. Down game point. She crazy. Like, that's a crazy decision, (laughs) but it's smart. Yeah. And it's the right one. You know, but, and, and it shows some clarity of thought that, like, that in that moment she was willing to mix it up and she was willing to do something else. But it's kind of a weird thing going back to the net. Net play because it should never come to that for Serena, not just because what you were saying, like she doesn't need to go to net, but also because theoretically on paper, the consensus is Angelique Kerber has a real soft second serve. Oh, yeah. We all know it. It goes into the middle of the box. It was in the 120s in KM, km, kilometers per hour all night. Right. So that's not fast at all. And it's in the middle of the box. It does nothing. It sits there to be hit. The assumption then goes that Serena should just, I mean, Kerber served at like 50% today, not very much higher than that, Um, that she was going to get a lot of looks and that she'd be able to break Kerber at will. That didn't happen today. The return game was was really, I think, where it all started to unravel for Serena. Here's a
0: stat for you. Kerber had more unreturned serves tonight than Serena did.
1: That's not okay. That shouldn't happen for Serena. And I will say this. I was was, um, getting text messages from players during the whole thing and we were kind of talking about the match and one of them said you know like their theory was that Serena was kind of playing um these second serve returns as though she thought that she would gonna she was gonna totally manhandle like confident in knowing that this general myth not myth truth that Kerber has this weak second serve that she could take advantage of it the problem, according to this player, is that Serena wasn't taking into account the fact that she's still left-handed. The ball's still going to spin differently. And so if you don't – and when it's left-handed, you have to take extra steps. And, and her there. footwork wasn't good and tonight. And the footwork was not good tonight. No. And so her footwork around their turns and getting space between herself and the ball to clean through, it, it wasn't there. So I, I thought that was quite an interesting observation. I never really thought about that in terms of how different like a spin you know, the lefty spin would be on a soft serve. I get it on a, like a yeah esque
0: 120
1: wide. But when it's coming in at like 75 miles an hour. No, because a lot of, cause a lot of players who don't
0: put much pace on their second serves do put, even like Venus, I know, mm-hmm. has a pretty slow second serve most of the time, but she puts a lot of action on it. And I guess a lot of players do that. And the lefty action would be different. Yeah. And Serena hasn't played any lefties before this turn earlier in this tournament or recently. I think she hadn't played a lefty. Since this is a random trivia for you, Bonaventure in the one match she played in Bastad was a lefty. That's real random. That's real random. Do you That's see Bonaventure getting deep. defaulted by the way in an no. ITF? Oh yeah, she like this this week. This is a, you're expected. It's a lean Bonaventure sidebar <laughs> in this women's <laughs> final show. She got defaulted playing like a uh, a USTA ITF event in uh, uh, because she like hit a ball and it Hits. line drive hit a line judge. After the point, she, like, sort of, in a fr- little bit of frustration, hit the ball, like, when she wasn't going to get it back in court, just sort of whacked it behind her, and it hit somebody, and she got defaulted. So, sorry, Bonaventure. Anyway, back to relevant tennis. Yeah. Let's hear from the principals involved in this match. Kerber, Serena, Kerber's coach, Torben Beltz, Serena's coach, Patrick it
2: everything
1: It seems everything just clicked in your game uh, here since America and on
3: this match. Do you think it's, like, a second career that can start now?
2: the second yeah maybe (laughs) maybe it's a second no I mean um I think someday here I think it clicked again like in uh, New York a few years ago where I reached the semis for my first time and here it was like that I was trying to believe much more in myself you know when I won the first set when I won against Azarenka and uh, um that shows me that I really I'm a good player, and I can show it as well on the big courts. And, uh, you know, I was not playing very good last year on the big tournaments, and that is the big, the first big tournament of the year, and I won it. It's my first Grand Slam, and it's like... It sounds crazy, but um, I can say that I'm a Grand Slam champion now.
1: Angie, you talked about that 10-minute game. What compelled you to hit drop shots <laughs> uh, on game point
2: down? You know... Um, that's how I am, like a little bit crazy, you know. <laughs> uh, because I'm really, I know and I really, I have confidence when I play my drop sh- shots and uh, I was, okay, the the game is so long, I must change something, what she will not expecting and I was really hoping that the ball is coming over the net because they were, like, really good and when I hit the first one, I said to myself, okay, make another one, you can do it and it was just, like, more... More the feeling in this moment. You mentioned before
3: uh, the US Open 2011 when you were number 92 and you beat Pennetta to go in the semifinal
2: you're always asking about Pennetta. <laughs> <laughs> I know, always okay. <laughs> but okay I'd like to know i like to know. <laughs> I know, oh, it's good, good. i admit, it's I'd good. like to
4: know if well, won the US Open you thought well, she, she, if yes. she
2: has done it I can do it yeah, right did you do that? so I, I was tr- doing this what you thought yes, I <laughs> went <laughs> right she won US Open I thought okay, she can do it I beat her I can do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: what a match. Yeah, it was a really good, really intense match, and um, I thought it was really exciting. Even being out there in the moment was was pretty cool. <laughs> you looked almost as happy as she did. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I should get into acting. <laughs> no, I was actually really happy for her. Um, She's been around a really long time and we've had a number of matches and I've beaten her a lot and, you know, she played so well today and, you know, she had an attitude that I think a lot of people can learn from just to always stay positive and, you know, and to never give up. And um, I was really inspired by that. So, honestly, she's a really good, good, lit girl and, you know, um, if I couldn't win, I'm happy she did.
2: Did you get a sense in the at any stage in the match this isn't really working for me today. Uh, I'm going to have to grind this one out.
3: Um, obviously, yeah. I mean, I was missing a lot off the ground and, you know, coming to the net. And uh, she kept hitting some great shots, actually, every time I came in. And um, I think I kept picking the wrong shots coming into it. But, honestly, uh, it's something to learn from and just to try to get better.
0: How would you rate your, your own effort tonight, Your 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 own game?
3: Well, I think I did the best I could today and, you know... Um, would I give myself an A? No. But, you know, today I was, this is what I could produce today. and Maybe tomorrow I could produce something different, but um, that's all I can go off.
2: Does the fact that it was a great final helps you to sort of swallow the fact that you lost?
3: Um, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, every time I walk in this room, everyone expects me to win every single match, every single day of my life. And uh, as much as I would like to be a robot, I'm, I'm not, and I try to. Um, but, you know, it's, I do the best that I can. And, uh, and so, it, uh, you can't, I try to win every single time I step out there, every single point. But realistically, I can't do it. Maybe someone else can, but, you know, I wasn't able to do it. When in
5: this
0: tournament did you think it was possible
5: that she could win the title? Before the tournament I was thinking she would win the title at the first round I didn't want. To <laughs> I did not think she can win the title but <laughs> but then you know I am um, yes yeah, yeah, I think after the first round she won we know I, I thought I didn't tell her but I thought she had a good draw after that until the quarterfinals quarterfinals very tough against Vika beating Vika and played that great then I think you have to believe you can win the tournament yes yeah, and um, so I think the Vika match was very important for her still like like I think it was also like very tough match after the weaker match to play like against Conta, be be a favorite at the semifinals and you have to take the chance. What's what she's thinking? You know, like like the pressure for her. I think it's it's very tough and she did it very, very, very um, well to win the semifinals. Was I think it was also a very big match for her the semifinals and then have the dream to be at the grand slam final against the, the the greatest player right now, Serena, um, and to play that great just. Crazy good. What, what did you see
0: from Serena tonight? I mean, she seemed like it's, mm-hmm. she's. had <laughs> was having a lot of success when Serena was at net. She yeah. came forward a lot, and Andrew was having a lot yeah. of success there. But I guess, in general, how do you think Serena played today?
5: For, for me, it was a great final. I think Serena played a very good match. I think Angie played a very good match. I cannot say too much about Serena, but but I, I think it was a uh, like high level final. that's what I thought from, from my my, my um, because I have the the Angie glasses on. Maybe yes, yeah, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's, it's, yeah. it's like very short after the match, but um. I really think it was a great final for Angie. It was and she, she was playing. I can tell for Angie she she, she was playing great final. Did lots of good things. What we talked about before the match and fighting for every point. You saw that match. It was she, she was fighting for every point, putting lots of balls back, and you you could see that she really wanted to win this match. Yeah, she was running for everything. Serena so, was smashing. She was going for the next shot. Yeah, she was really trying everything to win that match, and she deserves that title for her. It's, yeah. been
0: a, it's, it's been a long time since a player who was maybe more defensive than offensive yeah. won a Grand Slam in the WTA. Just okay. wondering if uh, just I how she was able to do that and if you ever thought that was a, an obstacle for her. Yeah.
5: I think yes. Um, everybody says she's very defensive. Yes, but I think right now you can also see the changing that she's a little bit more aggressive against Vika because against Vika and Serena, if you're defensive all the time, you cannot win. There's yeah. no chance of winning. Um, I think she she finds a switch like to to do the. Defensive player, yes, which, which, which she's great in, but also play aggressive when it's time to do this, you know. And I think she did, uh, you, you could see it, she did a great job against Vika to play aggressive. She did a great job today if she has a chance to be aggressive, to, to go for her shots and try to win the match and not, because Serena's not going to lose a match because she's a great champion and she, she was a lot of time in the final, so she's going for it, but um, if she has a chance, play aggressive she did it and it was perfect
4: I think she was a bit tight but she's always tight Uh, I think everybody is when you when you when you play a Grand Slam final and you're obviously a bit more uh, when you uh, have a lot to lose compared to someone who has strictly nothing to lose who almost lost the first round because she had to save a match point who who beat Azarenka who was supposedly the big favourite to be in the final who, uh, who plays against someone who's supposedly unbeatable.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: She has nothing to lose, zero. So I expected her to play a good match. I was sure she would. Uh, but even though Serena was very close to... I cannot say win because she was never leading in the third, but at least uh, to to be at 5 all, and then anything can happen. And Angelique played the, probably the best match of her career. Uh and against a Serena who was a bit less uh, playing, l- not as good as what she did since the start of the tournament, it was enough today. Was it, was it part of the strategy to come to net? Because she came 32 times in, only won 15 of the points
0: there. And it seemed no. like a lot more than time of mm-hmm. net than usual for her.
4: No, because you watched all the matches and you saw that she was coming to the net that much on every match. So, right. So you know it's not a tactic But she was, having, she was having less <laughs> success tonight, though, so yeah, I'm wondering right, if she thought about but the changing. The tactic was not to have less success. The tactic <laughs> was to come to the net on every match, not this one more because with a game it makes sense there are so many high balls so many balls like floating in the air that she can finish it makes complete sense to come to the net and swing volley or or volley or hit an overhead she's I think she in semi-final she won she went 27 times to the net and she won 24 points I think if she would have had half of that success uh, tonight she would have won easily I mean I think easily she would have won that's not easily, but she would have won. So definitely, uh, she doesn't master that well enough. So there is still work, and it's, it's good, because when she'll be able to do that, it's going to be even more difficult to beat her. But that was not the tactic of the match, no.
0: So, Courtney, what does this title mean to Kerber? This is a career changer, obviously. Her, her bio now says Grand Slam champion. I'm sure that, like... Charleston or any other tournament that has her coming there soon will be like updating their press releases being like Australian Open champion Kerber in the field world number 2 Angelique Kerber all these new accolades she has first slam winner from Germany since Steffi Graf Angelique Kerber all this different stuff what do you how does this change her is it's not it's not really a question it changes how she's viewed in sport for sure how do you think she's going to handle it going forward and how will Kerber be able to
1: capitalize continue
0: or will it be tough
1: I think, I actually, you know, I go back and forth on it, so I'm not like saying like absolutely this is for sure what, what I think will happen or, but, but I think that she's actually going to handle it pretty well. I think that she really learned a lot about herself in the last like, three months. I think that if you go back and, and you look at even, I mean, 12 months, you go back to a year ago and she loses first round here to Begu. She splits with her old coach, Benny, and she brings back Torben. Um, she crashes out of Indian Wells. She goes to Las Vegas. She has a hit session with Steffi. They talk. She goes to Char- Miami and then she goes to Charleston and everything turns around in Charleston. Um That, you know, it's going to take her some time to process it all. Yeah. But – if there is a slam like the the two slams that are awesome to win because you get time to process are the US Open and the Australian Open. If you win like the French, all hell breaks loose and like you go into Wimbledon and you have all this like hype and all this focus and then there's US and all Open. All these
0: French winners lose early at Wimbledon. Right, yeah.
1: exactly. So so here she'll have time. She'll she'll obviously go home for Fed Cup. Um, so there, she'll, she'll, you know, um, get a taste of what's going on in Germany in terms of how big this is. And then after that, she'll go to the Middle East and then she'll go to the, to North America and she'll be away from it all for maybe like two months until she returns in Stuttgart. And but I think
0: that's good. She, but she's kind of a target on her back for the first time. Kerber yeah. I mean, has never been a player who was like a notable scalp. Really? I mean, she was a top tenor, but not like a marquee top tenor. didn't have any of those previously, I just mentioned, you know, slam champ number two type things. Now I think she's going to be a position where she's not, I think she's always relished the role of being a hunter, you know, of somebody in the draw who can pull off an upset but- and, make, and pull off an unexpected epic. And now she's going to be the one on top, fending people off. I don't know, it's a, it's a different role for her.
1: I I Yes and no. The flip side of that, though, in terms of your description of, of kind of what her role within the top ten was before, like, oh, you know, she, she, didn't, she didn't have a target, she wasn't a notable scalp, but at the same time, people knew that she was the one in the top ten you could beat. Like, in a okay. way, she's kind of, like, always felt the pressure, like, kind of like an Arani, when Ronnie was top ten. Like, it was like, I'm playing Ronnie like, I can beat her. Like, you know, and so I think that... She's used to that pressure, right? I, the internal pressure, like the, the, the pressure coming at her. Like, but the internal pressure is the one that I'm That's more fair, curious but, about. But also so now,
0: fair. players. Who, now she's number two. She's ahead of everybody but one player. So now people who probably saw themselves as above her, I would think, on some level, not like you know morally whatever, but <laughs> like but like a Sharapova, a Kvitova, a Halep. These are all players who now can take down and quote unquote upset or upend. Kerber, you're not no, buying this. I don't buy
1: that. I don't buy that at all. I think that, that I think that at the end of the day, she was always a player that was always under threat for a loss. Okay. Always, um, and she knew it too. I mean, you know, she, this is a player who struggled with her self belief for so many years, and maybe her talent outpaced her belief in a lot of ways. And it just was within the last, you know, six days that it all caught up. Yeah, you know, in, in one in one fell swoop. But. Um, I, I don't think that Maria is going to get up any more to beat her now than she did before. Um, I think Maria got up to beat her because she busted her Wimbledon that one year, you know, or you know, or Halip and Kerber. They always know they have tough fights. I don't think Halep is like even more motivated to beat her. Everybody know Everybody in the locker room knows how, what a tough competitor and a tough out Angelique Kerber is, and they also know that she can be vulnerable. So I just think that like she's always had to play under that sort of pressure.
0: Let's go to Serena. Mm. Serena, for the second time was a recently got deep into a slam and wasn't able to close it out which is not what we normally see from her she's usually so good in the later round she had previously been before this uh i think 13 and 0 in semis and finals at the australian open this is her first deep loss here uh she had obviously lost u.s open semi to vinci before that i
1: didn't know about that match tell me more
0: Oh, I don't know if you heard people talk about it, but at oh, the U.S. Open, heard of it. Serena played against uh, this gal named Roberta. Oh,
1: okay, cool. nice lady. Who was she?
0: Big smile.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was great. That's
0: nice. Uh, and she lost. Oh, okay. A few nice. people watched. A few people wrote about it. Yeah. A few people thought it was a big deal. Fair. Sure. Uh, yeah. And so Serena doesn't win this tournament. How much of a blow is that for her to not tie Steffi, not get that out of the way, to go two slams without winning when being a big favorite? To lose to Kerber in a slam final, having been, you know, first time losing in the third set of a slam final, having been 21 and four, and losing to a player who you're one and five, who you're five and one against. Is this bad for Serena, or is it just, eh? Because she, I mean, at least she said she was a good actress, but she didn't seem super devastated, at least this was not tore up
1: the way that New York was, not by a long shot. Um, Look, I am not going to pretend that I know the inner workings of Serena Williams' mind and whether or not you can believe what she says versus what she believes in the inside, all that sort of thing. All I know is that if I'm Serena Williams, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I am coming off a of four, you know, like four month layoff, come into my first tournament, which is the first slam of the year, play great tennis for six matches, play maybe well enough to beat you know, and most other people today didn't get it done. And I build towards it. And I and I know that I'm going to get another bite at the apple at 22, you know, in Paris, at Wimbledon, at the US Open, while at the same time, I, I, you know, maybe I'm naive, but I really do believe her. And I did believe her when she said at the beginning of this tournament that she didn't feel like she had anything to prove and she has only to gain. Normally, I kind of call internal BS on that. She said it many, many times. She said it a lot last year. This time, I kind of actually believed it. And I think that so much of that was maybe, and I'm purely speculating here, like the shock of how much the Vinci loss hurt. A very human reaction yeah. to that would be I'm not going to let this. Th- would ne- like, really? I got tore up over a freaking tennis match? This
0: would never hurt as much as the Vinci loss. This no. This no, loss no, no. tonight. No, no, no. I do, I agree with all that and think that. It's not, you know, a failing grade for Serena at this tournament on any level. However, she said before the tournament, you know, I asked her what, you know, what would make for a good tournament here, and she sort of glared at me and was like, "You even even need to ask that, or I don't even need to answer that." Well, sure. you know? I mean, so she comes here to win trophies, and absolutely. she's at a place where it's she's, a disappointment. It's a lost Obviously, opportunity.
1: It's a disappointment. Yeah. It's a lost opportunity. That being said. You know, I, I just don't think that it's going to throw her off. I don't think that it's it's going to be a problem. I think she'll be fine. I don't know if she'll win the French Open. But, uh, you know, and, and one thing to also point out as well to remember, it took her a few bites of the apple to get 18. Yep.
4: yep. When she
1: was chasing Chrissy and Martina, um, she had, you know, a string of Grand Slam failings, including Sam Stozer. Uh, that loss, didn't, was she at 17 when she lost to no, Sam? No, 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 no. Oh, it sorry. Was, okay. It was, was
0: she weird, only right? had three slams when she was 17, okay. but she had three early losses when she lost to Ivanovic, Muguruza, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and,
1: uh, Cornet. I have heard of that loss. Is uh, that right? Yeah, I think that's yeah, right. that's yeah. right. And then she got it in New York. God, um, she lost to Cornet. Yeah, against what? Thrice. So, Ooh. yeah, so that's, you know, that, it has happened before. That is a pattern that yep. when she's chasing, maybe things get a little tight and... All that sort of stuff but but I still would absolutely it's so hard, you know you can't say put money on anymore so uh, <laughs> I would absolutely be confident in saying. <laughs> That, uh, seriously, I've had to like watch my language no, no, no. a it's, lot about like not saying I, I, betting. I, 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 screwed up, I screwed
0: up a Federer's fact and I say like parentheses like fixed. And I was like, no, I can't say fixed. Yeah. I can't say I fixed. It's this. Like no, super no, no, weird.
1: No. It's like, you know, yeah. I would bet or I'd set the line at it's like, no, I can't do any of that anymore for a little while. Um, but, uh, but I would be very confident in saying that Serena will not retire, uh, without having. Erased Margaret Court from the record books. So whether that happens here, whether that happens at the French, whether that happens, you know, next uh, next time this year, I mean, she could still win all three majors. We don't think anything about this loss to Kerber. It's a good loss, honestly. Kerber played well. She won the match. She absolutely did. I I don't think that like whereas like Vinci, I felt like Serena, like whoa, you kind of yeah, you kind of really to your opponent. That was out there. more.
0: Vinci was more about Serena losing. Yeah, this, one this was, was Kerber I, won. Fifty fifty. 50 Kerber one. Worse, won. I think. Yeah, Serena so Kerb, was coming. Kerber played well. Let's go big picture. One of our favorite topics. You know, because I feel like you and I spent all our lives defending women's tennis and the virtues thereof. In some level, this slam, I will just. I'm gonna even make it a question. I will say this result <laughs> is just really good for women's tennis. I think it's tremendous to have a player like Angelique Kerber win a slam in a way that's not like what Bartolo did, not like what Panetta did, in that she went through, and not like what Schiavone did, to use an earlier example, um, and I could probably come up with others, not even what like Serena did mostly last year. Kerber beat the best players possible, the two best, Azarenka and Serena, who were the two dominant favorites in to win this tournament. She beat both of them fairly decisively or fairly convincingly or not flukily, whatever you want to say. <laughs> All of that, she beat them, showing depth to women's tennis, showing surprise. You can't just say, "Oh, there's nobody who can challenge Serena." Serena just rolls over everybody. No, this was, I think, hugely validating for women's tennis
1: and, yay, women's tennis. <laughs> I agree with all of that. I'm not going to add any more. I, I just, you know, part of it is because I'm exhausted. It's, I'm tired. It's really late, you guys. Well, not just because I, I'm just I, on this specific topic. I am exhausted. I'm exhausted of having to talk people off the ledge and have to deal with like everybody being outraged about shit that I just don't think is that big of a deal. Honestly, I I think that one of the most beautiful things about the current you know, the current product of of women's tennis and of the game is the unpredictability. It's why we tune into first round matches in Bastad and why we will tune in in a couple of weeks time to Doha and Dubai in the first round and bitch and moan about some match that we want to see that's not being streamed because the results are not set in stone. And, the and you know, we've said it time and time and again that the first week belongs to the women, the second week belongs to the guys. That's typically how each slam is always played out because the men have the predictable results so they have their big blockbuster matches in the quarterfinals semis and final
0: and men have been super predictable here and
1: they've been super predictable i mean like i mean With the exception I, of Veronica this ronich i mean yeah. can anybody name a first a first week men's match
0: nadal verdasco but yeah okay
1: yeah right. that was a good one yeah, yeah. and it was an upset yeah. and it was great and everybody's like "Ooh, it's so great yeah like you know i mean so the unpredict if you like unpredictability in sport which I kind of think that you should because it's kind of the whole point. It's kind of the whole point is that nothing, that's why they play. Yep. Then I don't, I just, I'm sorry. I just don't, I have a total blind spot when it comes to this freaking argument. Like I She's just.
0: covering her eyes to show blind spot. I I it's very visual.
1: No, it's just like really <laughs> frustrating because I just don't, I, not because it's frustrating because people complain. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's just frustrating because I don't get it. Like when people complain, they're talking gibberish to me because I'm like, I don't understand the logic behind your argument. I just don't. So to me, again, yeah, women's tennis. It's unpredictable. It's what makes it exciting. I love it. Maybe I'm weird and, like, not, you know, that's not the the prevailing opinion. People want somebody dominant. But then I keep hearing that and then everybody was complaining to me for the last 36 hours that, like, nobody's going to beat Serena. Somebody did. So... I don't know. What do you want from me?
0: (laughs) With that, we will want no more from this episode. Thank you guys very much for listening to episode 141L of No Challenges Remaining. If you want to follow along with us when you're not listening, you can follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. Like us on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash NCR podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave reviews there or any podcast app of your choice, which will get you new episodes delivered automatically to your phone. And it's really cool. If you have questions for us, email us at nochallengesremaining at gmail.com. We have one more show to go here from the Australian Open. It's been fun. It's been a lot, a lot of NCR this slam with all the periscopes and all the podcasts
1: and all the whatnots and the, and the hood ads and I'm the I'm actually really surprised that you guys aren't sick, of that we haven't gotten complaints being like, okay, you guys need to like chill out. <laughs> like I thought, I thought, I thought it was overkill, but you guys are really enjoying it. So I'm telling myself that. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. So with
0: that, one more to go. For the second to last time from Melbourne, bye.
1: Bye.
3: Angel, angel, when will those clouds all disappear?